Nice snap. Option, Elliott. Touchdown. When you come to the Big D. Fakes to Elliott and they go deep downfield and getting open and making the catch at the 25-yard line and taking it all the way into the end zone is Tavon Austin. Touchdown, Cowboys. You get beat down. The pass is caught. Cooper off to the races for the touchdown. This is the Big D Beatdown. Hey there, Cowboy fans. Welcome to the Unbiased Podcast on America's team. I'm your host, Austin Smith, and joining me as always is Ken Cunningham, one of our analysts over at Pigskin Nut and a lifelong Cowboy fan. And we are the Big D Beatdown. And we are brought to you today by pigskinnut.com as well as pigskinnutradio.com, the soon-to-be undisputed king of football radio. Whether you're in your car, taking a break from work, or just relaxing at the house, it's always better to be doing so while you're getting your football fix. We break down players on our pro football scouting show as well as tackle some of the most current and controversial topics on our football roundtable. We discuss some of the all-time greats on our show wide right and put out exclusive shows on some of your favorite NFL teams such as the Giants, Eagles, Browns, Broncos, Chiefs, Steelers, and of course your Dallas Cowboys. Also, college football fans, be sure and check out our new show, College Football Central, with host Josh Josh Davis as well as me as a guest host. Remember, Pigskin Nut is the football news that you've been missing. All right. Today on the Big D Beatdown, we're going to talk about that second preseason game. And, you know, I have to admit to you, uh, Ken, I, I, I was a little worried about the idea of playing in Hawaii. I mean, how serious are they going to take it? I'm sure everybody's enjoying the atmosphere. They're, they're probably, you know, touring the island, you know, taking in more of, of the, you know, of Hawaii itself than actually focused on football. But you know what? I truthfully do think that it um, that we we had a lot of good things, you know, to, that came out of that trip in Hawaii. And I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you, sir, what was your overall impression of the trip? I thought it was I thought it was a successful trip. I I thought that we saw you know a lot of a lot of good things from this football team. A lot of good things, you know, to be excited about. And I think we left with, you know, feeling feeling a lot better about the stuff we already felt good about than, you know, feeling negative about the stuff that we were questioning going in before this preseason game. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I, I, I'm kind of with you, you know, I, I really do think that this team, we, we, we looked much more focused. I mean, that first team offense and that first team defense, you know, with the exception of a fumbled punt and maybe, a, a, a you know, a couple of pass plays. And I mean, really, I mean, there were, you know, Jordan Lewis on one of those pass plays almost gets a hand on one. I, I thought they come out focused. I get the Rams didn't bring 20 of their starters. Hey, you know what? That's their loss. They lost an opportunity for live football, you know, for everybody that wants to go to these joint practices as opposed to preseason games. That's great. But the Cowboys, you know, we're not having necessarily agreed necessarily to, to all that. They had an opportunity to go out there, play live football and get better. And I got to admit, I think our starters did. Um, Outside of that, I will say this. I came away with this from the game, and this is just a little side note thing. Uh, the Cowboys really were pushing those uh, 
those little Hawaiian shirts, you know, that they, I mean, every single cowboy representative had those Cowboys Hawaiian shirts, which is a great gift idea for me because my dad not only loves Hawaiian shirts, but he also loves the Dallas Cowboys. So, uh, so I, I, I definitely, I have to admit, I definitely jumped on DallasCowboys.com to see if those puppies were for sale. Uh, cause you know, Christmas is coming sooner than you think, <laughs> but, uh, but all right, man, let's go ahead and get going. Um, the offensive side of the ball, man, uh, as a unit, you know, just, it, just tell me one thing that you really liked, Ken. Man, one, to narrow that down to one thing is tough, but I, I must tell you, I mean, that, that drive, that, that opening touchdown drive that they had, I mean, there was just so many impressive things to take away from that drive. I mean, they went 97 yards. Let's start with that, you know, and, and not only did they go 97 yards, it's not like they were just getting first down after first down. I mean, let's not forget they had a, a 12 yard sack or, you know, a 12 yard sack on that play that they, they bounced back from and responded to. I mean, how many times did, did a play like that just derail an entire series, you know, for the Cowboys last year? You know, and they didn't. They just kept responding. They kept working the ball down the field, and they put together a nice, a nice little twelve-play drive to get that first touchdown of the game. And they went ninety-seven yards in, in six and a half minutes. I mean, when, how often do you see the Cowboys? You know, the, the way this offense was last year, be able to not only get down the field but get down the field so quickly. I mean, this is a team that really liked to chew the clock play their style of football, you know, 12, 12 minute drive, you know, at least 10 plus. And, you know, they just slowly, but not, I don't even want to say slowly. They just, they went right down the field, went about their business. And it was a, it was a quick, very impressive uh, scoring drive for that, for that offense. Absolutely. You know, and, and I have to say this much too. Um, everything about that opening drive just looked like, like they were in tune. I mean, Dak Prescott, I'll say this much, guys. You know, say what you want about Dak Prescott's arm strength. And, yes, he took a sack. And, uh, and, and that's probably the only negative I came away with it is, is, and obviously Tony Pollard, I think there was some miscommunication on the protection in general because you got two guys that come unblocked. Tony Pollard's responsible for one of them. He didn't block either one of them. Um, but the, here's the thing, you know, that will occasionally happen. Sometimes scheme will just, abs- you know, they'll just have a well-designed blitz. The, the one thing I really want Dak Prescott to start to do is, is t- to learn in situations like that when to minimize the damage. And in a situation like that, you have to, when you know that, hey, this play just went south and now it's, it's, it's turning bad. But I need you to to sprint out and throw that thing at Troy at, at Tony Pollard's feet. Exactly. That's you why know, he's there. You know, he missed the block. But guess what? You put that, you sail that ball right in his vicinity at the ground, where it's not in harm's way for for a turnover. I mean, that's a win. That's a win for you right there. You know. That, that's exactly right. You know uh, that. And 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 if you're running, obviously a rookie running back, you got to understand that too. You miss, bud. You better you better float out. That way, that quarterback has got an option to where hey, I it, there's no grounding. There's no loss. Hey, guess what? You know, it, it, all it turns out is it was an incomplete pass. Maybe a shot on your quarterback, which you never like. But the bottom line is that was really the only thing that I really was criti- – that I criticized. And I'll say this much. Dak Prescott, you know, did he underthrow Michael Gallup? Eh, yes, he did. But he also gave Michael Gallup in a one-on-one situation a chance to make a play on the ball. Guys, Dak Prescott's not going to grow Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen's arm – 
all of a sudden, you know, so, so I, you know, he gave his receiver an opportunity to go up and make a play. And that's what happened. He threw the ball with terrific timing on a number of occasions, the opening throw to Tavon Austin, man, that ball came out right as Tavon came out of his break, hit him in stride out of bounds. And guess what? Bang third and, you know, third and one. I mean, that was beautiful. I mean, it, it, that, that's what you want. That's, that's something that was a problem for Dak last year. That it, that's why he took some of those sacks is because the timing was just constantly off and you're left trying to find something, trying to catch up. And before you know it, the protection is, is you know, collapsed, which happens. I don't care how good the offensive line is. The longer you stand in that pocket, eventually someone's going to cave and you're going to get rushed. Um, you know, even the throw to Jason Witten, the throw to... To Tony Pollard, you know, I get it. That's just a dump-off pass to Tony Pollard. But what people have to understand is it was thrown and caught, I mean, immediately. I mean, Tony Pollard turned his head and boom, the ball was on him. He caught it, and he's north and south. And it's like, guys, once again, and I talked about that, you know, after the first preseason game, when you play with that kind of timing, even if it's quick little dump-offs, it drives defenses crazy. Linebackers you know, they're not even even out of their backpedal yet, and all of a sudden I got to go chase. You know, defensive lineman, I'm not even technically halfway into my pass rush yet, and all of a sudden the ball's out, you know? Do I need to start getting my hands up quicker or, you know, and abandon the idea of trying to truly rush the passer or not? I mean, that's a little trick that guys like Tom Brady, Tom Brady just, I mean, he's been outstanding at it his entire career. Lulling defenses to death with dump that well timed dump downs, you know, and things like that. And then all of a sudden, boom, you know, he's hitting guys down the field in wide open windows because they're being wary of the quick throw. So, uh, you know, saw that good out of Dak Prescott. Obviously, Tony Pollard running the football, you know, that's exciting. And and I, I I'm right there with you, sir. I I just loved that first drive. Now let's get on the negative side of things. Was there anything from the offense in general? that you didn't necessarily care for in yesterday's game. Well, you know, the, the first team came in there. They had their series. They scored. And, you know, they Jerry got them right on out of there. He saw enough. He saw what he liked. He liked He liked what he saw. Same thing we saw. And he got everybody out of there. And one guy that he got out of there was Tony Pollard. And, you know, it's, you know, he, Tony Pollard's a rookie. And he doesn't have a lot of NFL experience, obviously. He has none. He's got two preseason games. But they still saddle. And, you know... Seeing some of these other running backs, I was I was I'm not was not impressed. I mean, Mike Weber, I'm just not seeing it from him. I'm not seeing you know he's just he's too hesitant. He just needs to go. You know, there's no explosion from him. I mean, Alfred Morris just looks like a shell of his former self. I know they're hoping for some fresh legs, and I thought that the way that they didn't play him in the first game, that maybe they you know they liked what they saw from him, and they were kind of just kind of just, you know, keeping them fresh in case they needed him for the season. But after what I saw yesterday, this is somebody who I'm not even sure should really, you know, be making this football team. You know, Darius Jackson, not great. You know, Jordan Chun showed some good stuff. But all in all, I mean, the biggest takeaway I had from this game is with Ezekiel Elliott not here, Tony Pollard is by far the best running back on this football team. And that, and this is a guy that, you know, when he was first drafted, a lot of people were saying, you know, that's a fun toy running back. You know, that they could throw the ball to, do, you know, Alvin Kamara-type stuff. And he's the best between the tackle running back they have on this football team right now. And, you know, it's, it's it really says a lot about, you know, some of the some of the guys, you know, after him. Hey, you know what, bud? I'll raise my hand to that. I, I'm the one that said 
You know, I'm one of those ones that said Tony Pollard, hey, he's a gadget back, played a little more at receiver in the slot than he did at running back at Memphis. Um, but you know what? Even I have to be, say, yes, I'm impressed. This guy, you know, he took to it quick. And let me tell you something. Running backs, you know, instincts at the running back position are not easy. You know, I mean, understanding blocking concepts, you know, you know, finding running lanes, keeping your vision open, understanding when you need to be aggressive, when you need to be patient. I mean, there's a lot of things that just come with repetition. Pollard didn't have it, and it showed at times at Memphis. It did not show well, and I say this, it has not showed much in camp. And, you know, to your credit, you said, you know, he's got two preseason games to his belt, you know, uh, under his belt. He's got two preseason drives yeah Yeah, Yeah. he's got two preseason drives which frustrates me a little bit but you know what i'll say this much it's a little bit less frustrating seeing you know seeing the flashes that we saw today where you're like okay okay yes he does look like he can play running back not gadget back running back obviously you know the the miss on the pass protection hey I, I get that there was probably something schematically wrong, you know, that, that was far, you know, more than just him that was responsible for it. But there's two guys, but hit one of them. I don't care which one, you know, just hit one of them. You know, that's that's as simple as it gets. But anyway, um, you know, I, I agree with you, man. Uh, I'll say this much. When Jordan Shun first came into this, uh, when he, when the Cowboys first signed him and I watched some stuff on him from Troy, I thought to myself, this could be a project for fullback. He, he he doesn't have the speed, I think, that will ever, you know, get him on an NFL roster as a tailback. I'm sorry. I get he's physical. I just there, – there were some plays in the first training camp game where he catches it with a clear path to the sideline on a two-minute drive or even up the sideline to get extra yards before getting out of bounds. And, and he just didn't have that gear to even get that. I mean, he was struggling to even get out of bounds. One of them he didn't, you know, and so – but man, the physicality, I'm still wondering, man, if, if you can, if you can ask, if he's willing, I still think I, cause I'm still looking for a fullback, you know, but, but bottom line is, is, you know, I, I, that, that was probably the only positive I took away from the other running backs, Mike Weber, Darius Jackson, Alfred Morris, just not impressed, nor was I impressed with the, the young offensive linemen that were competing to possibly, Hey, Maybe, maybe get a, a, you know, force us to keep nine. I mean, Mitch Hyatt, bud, you're, I, I get, I get that you're not strong enough to play in this league yet. And it shows anybody that watches Mitch Hyatt. I mean, look, just, just look at his arms, guys. Look at his, his build. This is a guy that, I mean, he, he does not look anywhere near ready to play football. I mean, you can look at Elihel Collins, look at Tyrone Crawford, look at their arms, look at their build. Look, I mean, just look at, at their physique period. I mean, they, they are and then not many people look like Tyron Smith. I get it. I mean, you, 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 you couldn't have sculpted a, a better left tackle, but, but the bottom line is, is, is Mitch Hyatt just, man, he doesn't look the part. And I get that. You know, that's a, a an excuse that can be fixed by a coaching staff. The technique problems he's having, those were things. You're a four-year starter at a national championship-level college. Clemson was one of the best, if not the best, one of the top two or three football programs in the country over the last five years or so. But, I, you know, technique shouldn't be an issue coming as a four-year starter coming out of that. Um, 
And you know what? We're going to go ahead and take a break right there. When we come back, we'll swap it on over to the defensive side of the football. You know, plenty of good things we saw there. Uh, A few things maybe that we were hoping to see that we didn't. We'll get to all that when we get back here on the Big D Beatdown. And we are back. This is the Big D Beatdown, and I'm your host, Austin Smith, joined by Ken Cuttingham. Coach Ty Rogers couldn't join us today. He had a prior and family engagement, so uh, so me and Ken are, are holding down the fort. And, Ken, we're talking defense now. Uh, you know, and give me one thing, you know, on the defensive side of the football that you saw in this training camp game that you were really pleased with. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to stay with the – I'm going to stay with them linemen, especially them interior linemen. I mean – Antoine Woods, Malik Collins. I mean, those guys, those guys got some burst. They got upfield and they got upfield quick. And it was just really impressive to see. And you go a little farther than that. I mean, some of these other guys that got in there, like, like Kerry Hyder. He's a guy that, you know, we talked about how he's had a pretty good, pretty good career so far in the NFL. But, you know, maybe he could be one of the veteran odd men out. And he showed up yesterday, too. And he and he had, you know, the, the snaps that he had, he played pretty well. And I really liked, you know, how, you know, we talked about the versatility of these guys and how, you know, so many of these guys can play inside, outside. And one thing I liked was, you know, the third and long where they actually had Kerry Hyder, a guy who played a lot of defensive end. They had him inside and he made his best play of the of, of the night from the, the defensive tackle position. So it just really goes to show, you know, how much versatility they have with all these guys and how many different things they can do with all these different guys and all the talent they have surrounding that interior line and the whole, the whole line position and, and taco. Let me, let me give my boy taco a little shout out. I mean, we saw, you know, he seems like, I don't want to say he did, you know, he didn't go out there and get us five sacks or show, you know, crazy pressure on the quarterback, but he seems like a guy whose confidence is definitely increasing. And he seems like, you know, he could be, he could be starting to figure it out. And that's a, that's a heck of a sign for the Cowboys right there. Hey, I'll, I'll throw the credit out there because you remember last week, I almost talked you out of some (laughs) of the defensive line stuff because we were going against backup linemen. It's like, guys, you know, y'all aren't, yes, y'all are backup defensive linemen to Demarcus Lawrence and Robert Quinn and, you know, um, and even a Randy Gregory probably, but we still expect y'all to be competitive enough to where, you know, to where you're not that far from that group. And, and therefore, when you play against backups, it shouldn't be an occasional flash. It should be success more often than not. It should be a success in a variety of ways. And we didn't see that in the first game. Hey, hats off to the defensive line because it, I, I don't know if they pay attention, if they listen to the Big D beatdown, but they sure answered the bell. <laughs> I mean, Taco Charlton, he, what, he bats down a few passes. He made a play or two in the run game. He got, he hit the quarterback a couple of times. I mean, but that's consistency. You consistently got involved. Durant's Armstrong, you know, he, he, there was a couple of times he smoked the guy across from him and the quarterback stepping up helped his, you know, his offensive lineman out or the quarterback getting rid of it quick helped his offensive line out. Kerry Hyder, you know, they moved him inside this week. Uh, and, and guess what? You know, he, and he played both in the game. He made plays in both spots during the game. Antoine Woods early, you know, made plays. Malik Collins is, you know, <laughs> yeah, Malik Collins is ready to play football, people. Um, but it just wasn't them. Hey, we saw a few more flashes from that second-round pick, Tristan Hill, including one. And gosh, I wish they wouldn't have fumbled the football, the snap. And it was in the second half. They fumbled the snap, 
And Tristan Hill, though, he fired off the football, got right into the guard, walked him backwards. And if they don't fumble that snap, then hopefully for their sake, it was a play action. Because if they were going to hand that ball off, off tackle, which is what they were planning on doing, Tristan Hill was going to eat it up. He he was going to have a stop in the backfield, or if that running back was talented enough, he was going to have to cut back against the grain and 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 take on the guys that were pursuing from the backside, which there wasn't a lot of room. We, we really don't know. The, the snap was fumbled, but bottom line is that play, you saw every bit of upside that Tristan Hill has. And that's what I was hoping to see in that first game that we didn't see. It's like, bud, you know, there's two kinds of projects that the Cowboys fans have been privy to the last few years. There's the Taco Charlton project, who has been less than satisfying. And there's the Leighton Vander Esch style of project, who latches on to things, gets them quickly, and and puts them out there on the football field. You know, we were kind of, I, I hate to say it, I was starting to get that feeling like, hey, this may be more of a taco thing. But man, when, when you see a play like that, and you say to yourself, but if you can do that, you know, you're not going to get a ton of snaps necessarily just when the season starts. You know, we, we're kind of set on the defensive line right now. You're going to play a secondary role, may only get 10 to 15 snaps a game. But, bud, if we can get that out of you, three or four of them, then we know we're moving in the right direction. And and if they, and you keep going. Joe Jackson made plays. Jalen Jelks made a play. Uh, Daniel Weiss, you know, the defensive line, Christian Covington, by the way, I will not forget him because I was harsh on him after the first game. He showed up and made some plays, got some push in the backfield. And I get the Rams didn't play their starting offensive line. Guys, then you know what? Then what do you expect these guys to do? That you expect them to be better than them. And that's exactly what our defensive line was. Um, now let's go over to the, the other side of the ball. Uh, you know, or I, I'm sorry, let, 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 let's go to the negative side of things. Uh, you know, and, 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 and I want you to, you know, give me something, man. What did you see that you just probably weren't pleased with? Because I, I there were, there were a few things that I came away a little underwhelmed about with our, our second and third units. What did you see there, Ken? Yeah. My, my biggest issue with, you know, from what I saw in that game was, from the safety position and specifically, you know, we know Jeff Heath didn't play in, in this football game. And, you know, that's, that's the, that's the spot for guys like Darian Thompson and, you know, Donovan Wilson and, you know, to really step up, you know, because I don't want to say there's a job, you know, for the taking there because it seems, you know, Cowboys seem pretty confident that Jeff Heath is going to be their starting safety, but there's definitely snaps out there available for the taking. And, you know, I thought that, Darian Thompson, somebody who had a pretty good camp so far and the Cowboys really like, was a little bit disappointing. And Donovan Wilson, who had a pretty good game last week, we talked highly on him breaking down the game last week. I thought he had a little disappointing, you know, of a game. And, you know, you mentioned in the in the pre-show, you know, Kayvon Frazier played pretty well. And, you know, he probably was, you know, the best safety out there on that field, not named uh, uh, Xavier Woods. And, you know, which is funny because we've been beating Kayvon Frazier down since the beginning of camp, you know, thinking that this guy could get cut. And now he throws himself back into the mix. And, you know, it, it, the Cowboys really got to they really have some decisions on their hands after, you know, some of the stuff that, that I that I saw in that game yesterday. Yeah. You know, and, and on the Donovan Wilson thing, it's funny 
Because I've I've heard a few people uh, be critical of his play in this game, and and you know my initial thing when I watched the uh, the game, and of course I had my clicker and I was rewinding it constantly, but <laughs> but uh, my initial thing was I, I didn't really think that Donovan Wilson played that much until it, the game was very late, and you know it's funny because last week you and I uh, Ken I I asked you, and this goes to the offensive side of the ball. I said, well, let me ask you this. Cooper Rush was good that first week. Mike White was bad. Do you even give it an, uh, uh, give Mike White the chance to play with the twos next week and see if 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 it's really is the off the the play around him that's the problem or whatnot? I think the Cowboys did that kind of across the board because this Donovan Wilson. I, I it looks like George Iloka and and and. Um, I'm I'm completely Darian Thompson. <laughs> I'm blanking on his name. It seemed like they got the two snaps when I didn't think that was necessarily the case last week. It seemed like we saw uh, a lot of situations like that where, like you say, Mike White gets the two snaps instead of uh, Cooper Rush. Um, and and I, I did. I just thought uh, I thought that they did some shuffling. They wanted to get some looks from some guys that maybe didn't get a lot of looks from in the first game. Uh, and even if they did, they weren't pleased with them. Well, let's make sure that it has nothing to do with the surrounding cast. Let's put them out there, you know, with better players. So, uh, but, but I, I'm with you and you know what? I'll even go as far as throwing it into the corners too, because I, uh, you know, CJ, uh, Goodwin got a lot more playtime with the defense. Wasn't very impressed. Donovan Alumba boy, and we will get into him later. I will save what I have to say on him for later because people are giving him a lot of credit. I mean, Dallas Cowboys, even Moose Johnson last night on the broadcast, uh, DallasCowboys.com, you know, Brian Bronis, there are a lot of guys giving Donovan Alumba credit. And I would like to say that there were a few snaps where I questioned whether or not Donovan Alumba can play football in the NFL, period. And I'll get to those a little bit later, though. Um, but overall I was with, you know, I thought the, the, the second secondary, uh, the second team secondary, I mean, and and maybe it's just because that starting group looks, I mean, they are tackling, they are uh, Xavier Woods, Anthony Brown, Cheeto, you know, and, and Jordan Lewis, these boys are tackling, by the way, Jordan Lewis was involved in the box on a number of situations. I mean, I'm not saying play him as strong safety because that is not a role I think that he, you know, that 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 he would fit very well. But I tell you, the guy's got no he's got no issues with with throwing his, you know, throwing his nose in there. And we talked about earlier too, didn't we, Ken, about maybe Cheeto moves in. And 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 you know, me and Ty talked about it on the last show where you know, could Cheeto possibly take some reps at strong safety? And I mentioned, you know what? I thought Brian brought us over at DallasCowboys.com made a wonderful point. And that is that, Bud, right now, closing out camp in Oxnard, he looks like he's primed to possibly compete for a Pro Bowl this year. Sure. I don't know if I touched – I don't know if I changed that at the cornerback position. Yeah. If, if, if Cheeto's playing like that, then, Bud, you just stay put, and we ain't going to tinker with you. You go, you keep playing football like that, and we're not touching you. Well, guess what? Maybe Jordan Lewis, you know, maybe, I, and I've said this on a number of occasions, and I'm sure the Cowboys are are thinking of it. You know, there might be some packages where when you ask, hey, it's it's a, a passing down package, and we need to get five DBs on the field, four corners and Xavier Woods might be the, the you know, that might be a package that we see a lot this year. 
because we got four four corners. And then Byron Jones obviously hadn't played a snap. But but you know, when he's healthy, we've got four guys that can make plays. And we're going to go ahead, uh, we're going to go ahead and Kim, we're going to take one more break, uh, and then we'll come back and we'll get to some of the individual players that, uh, that, you know, and how we thought they either stepped up their game or maybe took a step backwards. We'll do all that when we come back here on the Big D Beatdown. And we are back here on the Big D Beatdown. I'm Austin Smith, your host, joined as always by Ken Cunningham. And Ken, we're uh, we're kind of wrapping up this uh, this Hawaii trip with how that 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 second preseason game went. We talked a little bit about the offense as a group. We talked a little bit about the defense as a group. Now let's get to some individuals. Uh, you know, what offensive players out there do you really think uh, made a case for themselves, either you know to make this team or to step up and play a prominent role on this team? Uh, on the offensive side of the ball. I'm going to go with Devin Smith and what we saw out of him yesterday. I mean, we talked about a lot of these receivers trying to make this roster, and we talked about, you know, guys like John Bayer Johnson and Jalen Guyton and, you know, guys like that, that, you know, can one of these guys sneak on the roster. But one of the, you know, one of the guys that kind of got swept under the rung a little bit was, was Devin Smith. And, you know, he didn't really show a lot, you know, early on in camp. And, you know, it wasn't too many, you didn't hear too many good things about him. But he had a heck of a game yesterday, and he had a heck of a touchdown yesterday. And, you know, it was a pretty darn good throw by, by Cooper Rush, but that was also a heck of a catch. I mean, that ball was put in a spot where only he was going to go up and grab it, and he snatched that ball. So, I mean, he's a guy that he's, you know, we saw the fumble from, from Reggie Davis, and you saw some, you know, more drops by John Vea Johnson, and we saw, you know, some injuries out there to some of our other guys that, you know, that didn't play, you know, Noah Brown and Cedric uh, Wilson. So, you know, Devin Smith, give him the nod. I mean, I think he definitely, he definitely flashed. And I think that he, you know, put himself back into the, back into the conversation to, to make the football team. Gosh, I, I miss Cedric Wilson not being out there because he had some momentum going yeah. until, you know, that, that cheap shot in that first game. Um, and yeah, you know, I just, I, gosh, I, I'd really hoped he'd be back in time for the second game. Obviously, that that wasn't an option. He's still in concussion protocol, but man, I really wanted to see if he could continue to build the momentum off that first game. And not a lot of receivers did, but I will say this: Devin Smith had a he, the last two practices in Oxnard, he stepped up a bit, and all of a sudden, you were reading his name and you were seeing him on on some of the clips that we get to see. You were seeing him a little bit more. And it was like, huh, yeah. But but here's my thing about Devin Smith. Devin Smith, it's never been about how you play. De- I mean, Devin Smith was a former second-round pick. And, I, you know, I expect Devin Smith to be able to go and make some of these plays that we've seen. The only way Devin Smith is making this team, though, is if we see the speed that Devin Smith once had. That's that. That's I mean, hey, he's gonna make plays. He he's got the talent. What we need to see is is that speed back. And let me tell you something. On the first catch he had in that whole in that game in Hawaii, it was a hitch route. He drives off the ball. He he immediately puts the the defensive back in an uncomfortable situation to where he has to turn his hips. He soaked up that cushion quick, and then boom, he sticks it in the ground and he's wide open on a hitch route. And it was thrown with good timing. Everything about it was was right. 
and I said to myself, hey, the speed is somewhat back now. Yeah, that right there, when you can put a defensive back that quickly on a hitch route, guys, we're talking about three, four steps and then and then shut it down and turn. I mean, when you can when you can put a defensive back in panic mode and get him to turn his hips, you know, that quickly in the routes, then let me tell you something. They're worried about your speed, or you are giving them something to worry about with your speed. And I, hats off to you, Devin Smith. That right there, I came away saying, yeah, Devin Smith looks like that speed is back, which means he has an opportunity to make this roster. I, I, I want you to ask you this, Ken, because you mentioned Cooper Rush. I mean, what did you think? I mean, I I thought he played, I thought he played fine. I mean, I don't think he, he absolutely lit it up. By any means, but I mean, he was he was by far the second best quarterback on you know for for Dallas yesterday, and he made he made some pretty good throws, and especially that like I said that touchdown throw that was a that was a heck that was a heck of a throw that ball was put in the perfect spot, and you know they they uh, they put him in with the you know towards the end of the game like you said they they mixed some things up with Mike White, but I mean it was it was no different. I mean the offense moved with Cooper Rush, and the offense did not move with with Mike White. I mean, it's, it's just, it was another week, the same result. Yeah. You know, and we, we saw a little bit of mobility from Cooper rush, didn't we? Just yeah. a little bit. I mean, I'm okay. not, we're, we're, we're not going to, yeah. we're not going to mistake him for Dak Prescott, <laughs> but you know, here's the thing though. That's important because, and, and, and coach Ty and I talked about this uh, in the wrap up from Oxnard, uh, the Cowboys are doing more to get uh, Dak Prescott on the move. I mean, designed to get him on the move. Obviously, you know, not just, hey, bud, have a clock and then escape. No, they are actually designing plays to get him on the move. Let me tell you something, guys. I've always been a supporter of the idea of going out and drafting quarterbacks that that are similar to your starter in their skill set. Because when when... When that starter goes down for whatever reason, if they go down, and hopefully that doesn't happen with Dak Prescott, but if that were to happen, you don't want to have to completely shave off the majority of your playbook. Obviously, there's going to be plays that you only trust to your starter to run, but at least if they've got a similar skill set, there's things there that you can try and keep in. And Cooper Rush, you know, if you can continue to show just that little bit of mobility, it's not going to be the same as Dax, but yes, there might be some plays that we can keep in and say, hey, bud, we think that you are capable of making this play on the move. Let's, you know, you know, if, if like I say, for any reason, Dak Prescott weren't, uh, you know, were to go down for, you know, for a period. But but you're right. Cooper Rush, that was that, that was a perfect throw in the end zone, you know, to Devin Smith. And Devin Smith got a little jammed at the line, but here's the thing. He immediately freed himself up for it. And and ex- and he accelerated, and it was basically at, at the second he got free of the press, it was like you know playing on air. I mean, the, the defensive back just could not recover because of the timing of the throw, because of the placement of the throw, and it was just uh, from the second Devin Smith got off the the press, it was a touchdown that could only be you know it could only the only re- way it wouldn't be is if Devin Smith made a mistake. So. So yeah, absolutely. I thought Cooper Rush. Uh, this this second job is his, and and I I I I hate it for Mike White. You know, 
and we'll get into him here in a second, though, when we we talk about some of the things we dislike. Because there's something I want to talk about about Mike White. That's you know it was encouraging, but yet discouraging, just because we haven't seen it that often. But we'll get into that in a bit. Obviously, you know you can throw Tony Pollard in that conversation too, but everybody's already talking about how great <laughs> Tony Pollard's been. So you know what? Let's let's stay on the offensive side of the ball. And I am real quick going to get into that Mike White situation because this was something I disliked. Obviously, Mike White didn't look good. Um, there were times he didn't even look athletic on a couple of rollouts where, you know, but you, you, when you when you turn that head, you got to get moving, man. You, you know, you've got to get to the outside of that defender. That way, you know, th- th- there, there were times where you couldn't hit your tight end or your guy coming across because you didn't have a good angle because the defensive end that you need to be getting outside of is kind of mirroring you. So you're basically having to throw it right over top of his head. He's looking right at you, so you can't make that throw. So you got to continue to run, continue to run. And by the time you, you know, you you are ready to throw the football, the defense has already reacted to it. But there was one rollout, and Mike White threw it late, and Devin Smith caught it out of bounds, coming from the backside on a drag. Where Mike White, you could just see it. He knew he was out of time, and it was like, oh, well, nothing good's going to come out of this play unless maybe I can hit, you know, Devin Smith. And he just reared back, and boom, he just fired it. And we saw, for the first time in a Dallas Cowboy uniform, we saw that gun that Mike White really has. And, guys, if you don't remember, go back to, I want to say it was late in the second quarter, or maybe it was even the first drive of the third quarter, but Devin Smith ends up catching a ball in the air. He couldn't get either foot in bounds because of, you know, he was so close to the the boundary when when it was thrown. But Mike White absolutely reared back and let it rip. And it was a dart. We haven't seen anybody throw the football like that in Dallas in a long time. Dak Prescott doesn't have that kind of arm. Tony Romo never had that kind of arm. It was a throw. That even though it was it was you know it was a late throw because Devin Smith didn't have time to you know to slow down or anything to be able to drag his feet, but just the velocity on it, I was like, gosh, Mike White, that's what you've got, and yet we've never seen it. Not in a Dallas Cowboy uniform, we haven't, and that's what disappoints me. Is it's like, bud, the the physical ability is there. It really is there, but man, he just something upstairs for him. I just. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think it's just not processing the game quick enough. Um, who knows? Who knows? You know, obviously, I don't think they keep three quarterbacks, but, but, uh, but man, it, who? It's, maybe, maybe it's a shame for them that that Cooper Rush has been has just been so much better because, like you said, I mean, it it could take, you know. He was raw. It could take a couple of years before he figures it out. And maybe, you know, four, four or five years into his career, you know, that's when it really clicks for him. But Dallas just doesn't have that that type of time, to, you know, to, to deal with, you know, to, to really do that with him. The, the waste of, you know, a valuable roster spot, you know. Who knows, Ken? Maybe maybe practice squad. Maybe, um, maybe it's a possibility. Hey, you know, maybe they're telling him to go out there and stink it up so to get you back on the practice squad. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, maybe maybe that's a realistic, you know, opportunity. Maybe a, a step back could be what he needs. You know, I wish the guy would just quit thinking and just start firing the football around. But I don't care if you throw a ton of exactly. interceptions. Take three and steps and let it rip. That's Don't right. Matter. Who who else, Ken? Who else were you a little disappointed in? Uh, you know, with their performance uh, on on uh, Saturday. Uh, it's, I mean, I've already beat up the running backs. I beat up the safeties. We beat up Mike White. 
I don't want to beat up Brett Maher anymore. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what, though. Uh, you know, I know we didn't really want to get into some of these tight ends, you know, because we already kind of know how how that's going to how that you know how that's those chips are going to fall for them. But I'll, I'll tell you what, though. You know, Dalton Schultz needs to get on this field and, and start making some plays so I can see something from him because, you know, Cody McElroy and and Marcus Lewis, you know, Marcus Lucas. I'm sorry. They were out there making making some plays yesterday, <laughs> you know, stuff that I haven't seen Dalton Schultz do yet. So I mean, I, that's that's just another guy that I need to see something from. Who you know, obviously he was a little banged up, so you know he wasn't out there. But uh, you know, some of them tight ends, you know, they make some plays, and you know, I, I need to start seeing that from from Dal- from Dalton Schultz. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I agree. And, you know, it, it was it was disappointing that he wasn't on the field. And obviously, hey, injuries, you know, yeah, I get that. But but man, it, it is like, man, th- th- there were opportunities plenty out there. And you know what? Some of those backup tight ends made them and, and hats off to them because, hey, that, as an NFL player, that's all you can do when your number's called. In these preseason games, just go out and try and make them uh, a little bit disappointed in Reggie Davis. But, you know, the fumbled punts. Uh, yeah, I, I just don't know what to say. And and it could, could it be an overreaction? Yes, of course. I know Cowboy fans out there. Of course, you'd love to come out and, and, and just, you know, the, the first team going and just absolutely be dominant because we were for the majority of that. Like I say, there was maybe three throws on those first two drives that our defense faced. Um, a couple of them, you know, you know, we had a chance to make a play on, but, but I mean, Reggie Davis fumbling that punt, but it's like, man, that, that, that was an opportunity to expand on what you have to offer. And uh, that's not good. And John Vea Johnson, man, and and, uh, situational football guys that will never never change the importance of situational football. And that's why I love these preseason games. That's why I don't like the idea of this, you know, everybody was talking about last week about, oh, joint practices may be the way to go and get rid of preseason games. Guys, I'm totally against it because there's so many different situations you can find yourself on a football field that you can't prep for in practice sessions. You know, you just have to take them as you come. Prime example, offense has back-to-back penalties when we're up 14-10 to 10 and trying to extend our lead. They back us up out of field goal range. So it is now third and I, I want to say like 20, 22, somewhere around that. I think it was third and 22. And we are probably need to get 10 to 12 yards to be in realistic field goal range. And you know what? Cooper Rush does exactly what he's supposed to do. He doesn't force it down the field. The first down is no longer the priority. Field goal range is priority number one. And he hits John Vea Johnson with a slant. And John Vea Johnson catches it about three yards shy of, well, well, it it gets to him about three yards shy of field goal range. and And he's catching it on the run. So there's a very good chance he gets those extra three yards or maybe even more to give us that opportunity to extend the lead from four, four to seven. And you drop it. Mm-hmm. John Vea Johnson, bud. Y- y- that, that, that can't happen. I mean, that's, 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 exa- that, that's pitch and catch. There, there, there was no defender. There was, there was nothing to stop you from that. That, you know, uh, that 
puts it at a touchdown lead. Now, I get it's a preseason game, but situational football, that's what we're working on here. In a game, those three points are crucial in the fourth quarter. They're crucial because it gets us to that seven-point lead. Bang. It hits the ground. Bud, I, I, I just, I'm sorry. At this point, I just, I don't see, I, I don't know if the Cowboys can trust John Vea Johnson right now. You know, if they needed him, I, I, at this point, I think the practice squad is what he's fighting to make. And that's a little bit disappointing from a guy with his kind of athleticism. Um, he reminds me of like Lance Lenore, man. A Lance Lenore. Like, you, you just hear all this great stuff in camps about him and then boom, the game's coming. It's just, you, you don't see it. Yeah. Well, let, let's swap over to the defensive side of the ball. Anybody that you were uh, particularly impressed with? Yeah. I, you know, I'm going to have to go with a couple uh couple linebackers and really you know justin phillips and and really and justin march uh you know we know that you know gifford got hurt sean lee sean lee's obviously hasn't been on the field so you know one of these guys wants to step up you know if they want if they want to make this roster and you know i think we you know specifically justin phillips you know was really flying around making plays and you know i think that he stuck his nose right back into it to to you know, make this roster. I mean, we, we kind of know what, what you have up top. We know what we have with with Joe Thomas, but you know the Cowboys. You know they love to carry some linebackers, especially if you can play maybe a little special teams. And Justin Phillips was a guy that we you know heard you know bits and pieces about, but not much. You know, you know made a couple of plays last week in the game. All these linebackers have, but I think yesterday was really you know the most that we've seen from him, and definitely the brightest the brightest spot from him was was that game yesterday. Absolutely. I, I agree. You know, when Covington went down early, uh, Chris Covington, you know, I, it looked like, uh, I don't know if it was a stinger yeah, or it was, it a, been, yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, or who knows? I, I hope it wasn't a collarbone. I know they went in to get it tested, but bottom line, when he went down early, knowing you don't have Gifford, you know, uh, it's like, man, <laughs> Sean, or I uh, beg your pardon. Leighton Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith ain't staying out there. So you younger guys, it, you, you, this is your chance. And I got to give Justin Phillips credit on an, there were a number of circumstances where he was a playmaker. And you know, what's funny. I don't even know if I count the interception as one of them, the interception boy, <laughs> he, he, he wasn't great in coverage early in that route. And then he just went into straight panic. Well, not panic mode, but basically straight a uh, chase mode. I mean, I'm just going to, I just got to, I'm not going to turn my head. I just got to get there that way. When he catches it, I can, you know, stop him immediately, you know, and all of a sudden he sees the guy reaching up and he'd gotten back there and the guy just kind of wait, Hey, well, waits to see that ball. And he just grabs it out of the guy's hands. That's, that's not necessarily something that, you know, I don't know if I'm encouraged about the athleticism on that play because I'm not. I'm not encouraged about his ability to cover on that play because you shouldn't be. What I am encouraged about is the the competitiveness. This is a guy that did not quit on a play in which he was beaten early, got himself back into it, and sure enough, he saw the pigskin, and man, give me that sucker. He wrestled it right out of somebody's hands because he wanted it more. That was really... I mean, and that's what you want for linebackers. You want guys that are going to go compete. Hey, in this league, you know, there's going to be a lot of situations with with the way they running backs can run routes and receivers can get matched up on linebackers and the, the, the tight ends across the league that can catch the football the way they do. You know, you're, you're going to be in a lot of situations like that where you're just in flat out chase mode and you got to just, Hey, 
It's about what's in, you know, what's behind those shoulder pads, you know? It, it it's about that heart, man. And and that's exactly what he showed and there were some some other plays though in this game that su- made me think, you know what, Justin Phillips, I don't know if he's ready yet. I think he could probably remake his body a little bit. Um there's still limitations, but man, uh, guys are the injuries are stacking up at that position at a position that was fairly deep in my opinion you know going into camp and and this guy's you know he's making he's he's gonna make it the cowboys are gonna have to grit their teeth through that final decision i mean knowing that man everybody's seeing some of the plays he's out there making and <laughs> i don't know if we get him back to this practice squad they're gonna they're gonna have a decision to make uh and I did. I liked what I saw from Kayvon Frazier, too. I thought he stepped up and took advantage of And you know what? He tackled well. He flew to the football. You know, um, I, I liked what I saw from Kayvon Frazier on a limited basis. Uh, he's never going to be a good in coverage, but Jeff Heats falls in that same category. The bottom line is he played up to the talent of the rest of the guys around him. And guess what, Kayvon Frazier? I now think there are four safeties on this roster that could actually make this team. Because before this game, I thought there were three. And Donovan Wilson was one of them. Obviously, he didn't show. But I don't know. You know, I didn't think he got a ton of opportunities anyway. But the bottom line is, Kayvon Frazier, I now think he 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 put himself in position where the Cowboys could keep him and be okay with it. Um, Let's go to dislikes. I'm going to I'm gonna let you start this one, and then I'm going to close it out because i I got to get my two cents in on Donovan Alumba. Go ahead, man. Anything, uh, any player that you thought kind of took a step backwards? I mean, I, I, I talked about, you know, some, some, of these, some of these safeties and how, you know, Darian Thompson I wasn't, you know, thrilled about, but I've already beat him down, so I don't want to go any further with that. So I hate to be picky, but, you know, I, I will say that later in the game, you know, I thought that Daryl Henderson and John Kelly, you know, they they didn't they had they had a couple of nice runs in there. They were getting a couple six, eight yards runs. And although, you know, like I said, those two linebackers I were talking about with making some plays, you know, maybe like to see a little more out of, you know, guys like like Wise, Walker, Ross, guys who played really, really well last week. Maybe some of them D tackles at the end of the depth chart, you know, maybe didn't play as good as they did in the first game. A little bit picky on my part. But I've already beat down on the safety, so I don't want to beat down on them anymore. So, you know, let's, you know, let's, let's get those guys to clean up a little bit and, you know, hopefully get a, a, a little better result next week. Absolutely. Now, now, guys, I like I said, Donovan Alumba has been getting some praise coming out of that game. And, and there were some good moves. You know what? Hey, the play he made on the screen... That's a textbook. That's exactly how you're supposed to do it. And he made the play. Donovan Alumba, that was a good play. Uh, the two pass defense that were both challenged for pass interference. Could he have been called on pass interference on both of them? Sure. Uh, Daryl Johnson trying to make the case on the first one that, oh, I think the receiver initiated the contact. The receiver didn't wrap his arms around uh, around Donovan Alumba. Donovan Alumba wrapped his arms around the receiver. If there's contact, that's one thing. But but, but it, it was more of two guys colliding than it was the receiver running into him put and, and initiating contact and pushing off, which is what you're going to need in order for offensive pass interference. Um, but, you know, I just... Here's, here's, here's the play I talked about, and I warned y'all that there were a few plays that, that made me really question whether or not Donovan Alumba can play football in the NFL, and I, I'm going to get to those. Um, it, and and, and I, 
go back and watch them, guys. This was on the field goal drive in the second quarter. Not the one they missed to end the half or almost in the half, but uh, but uh, the field goal that they made to go up at the time 10-7. Donovan Alumba, on back-to-back plays, refused to step up in the run game. And I get it, guys. Corners don't always like to tackle. And a lot of times they're not great at it. But... It's not the tackling part of it. It's the, it's where the tackle attempt should have taken place. First play, he was on a non-receiver side. And sure enough, they run the ball that way. And he knows that, hey, I've got to come up and be outside contained and force that play back inside. He was lined up around eight, nine yards off the line of scrimmage. And the, he saw it coming the entire way. And he could have met the running back at the line of scrimmage had he reacted to it. Had he been, you know... Mentally tough enough to step up and go get it. When that running back hit the line of scrimmage, his heels were still eight to nine yards away from it. And it was like, bud, what are you waiting for? You've got to step up. And I know that running back's probably going to lower his shoulder on you. It's not going to feel good. But bud, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. That's what you got to do. That's the NFL. High school, they'll chew your rear for that. College, they'll even threaten you. Bud, you better do it. Otherwise, we're going to get somebody else that will. NFL, they may mention it in film, but they're just going to be like, ugh. I mean, what can I say at this point that you probably haven't heard over the last seven, eight, nine years of playing football? If you ain't, if, if you ain't got that mental and physical toughness by now, uh, th- there's nothing I can say that's going to change that. And that's, I'm sorry, Chris Richard can't change that. You can give the best pep talk you want to, but if a guy doesn't have that physical mentality, you know, then I, and that's what it was. It was like, bud, I, I get it. Even if you step up, there's no guarantee he's going to make the tackle folks. There's not. And that's the way with a lot of corners it is, but you, you, it, it's where the tackle attempt needed to take place. It needed to take place at the line of scrimmage, and Donna Volumba has the ability to accelerate to have gotten there in time. I mean, I, w- I was screaming for, for her forever, step up, step up, step up. He didn't do it. The next play, same thing. Next play, the exact same thing. Only this time, I think there was a receiver to his side, but he ended up blocking down inside to somebody in the box. Therefore, Donovan Alumba, you have to step up once again and fill that role. Once again, Donovan Alumba was in on the tackle this time. He's still six, seven yards away from the line of scrimmage with all the room in front of him to step up and make a play. And it's like, bud, I get it. These running backs, it's not fun to tackle them when you're 180, 190 pounds. Donovan Alumba is a thin guy. But, bud, that, that it's not an option. You either do it or you don't play football in, this, in the league. And, you know, I get it. Corners are in this league to cover. But, man, you have to do that. You have to step up. And, yes, you know, once you get there, uh, you know, maybe you make the tackle. Maybe you don't. Hey, if, if you do it, there's a good chance that running back sees it. And, you know, he, he tries to cut it back. Where all your help is. That's what you want to do. You want to force him back to your help. And if the guy decides he wants to lower your shoulder on you, then, bud, you got to you gotta break down. You got to take on the contact and do your best to get him to the ground. If, if he decides he wants to try and bounce it outside of you, that fits into your wheelhouse now because now he's running to the sideline. You're faster than he is most likely. Donovan Lumba is very fast. 
So now the sideline works as your friend. Good. We'll just run to the sideline. I'll give you a shove out of bounds. Maybe you get a yard or two if you're lucky. I've done my job. But Donovan Alumba, hey, if you're going to make this Dallas Cowboys team, you did not help your case on those two back-to-back snaps. And, bud, that's the thing. You can cover, you know, you, you can cover pretty darn good you know, when, when you're at the top of your game, I think Donovan Alumba as a cover corner. Yes. He, I think he is probably in the conversation of making this roster, but when you look at that film, it, it, that, that's a player that, that I, I'm sorry, bud. I don't know what, what, what you got to do to, to convince yourself, you know, fit mentally that, that man, I've just got to do it, but man, you have to, if you don't make that play, you can't play football in the NFL. You can't. And, 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 and like I say, it has nothing to do with the tackle. It only has to do with where the tackle attempt should have been made. It shouldn't have been eight or nine yards past the line of scrimmage. It should have been at the line of scrimmage. And I'm going to leave it there, Ken. Going to have to cool down after my rant there. But, <laughs> but man, it, 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 that's the truth, man. That's the truth. You just can't you, you can't teach physicality to to people that are 22, 23, 24 years old that have been playing this game their whole life. At that point, bud, we're we're beating a dead horse at that point. You know, I mean, I know you've heard this before, and they had to have said something to you when you were in college. They had to have said something to you when you were in high school. I mean, so so that's that, man. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to chill out now, guys, and we're going to close out this segment. Uh anything Anything else that you look forward to seeing from some of these guys moving forward? Was there anything that you came out of the game and said, you know what? One thing I, I, I hope to see moving forward. What would it be, Ken? I want to see just a little more out of the ones. You know, I, I really want to see, you know, they come out in the first drive and, and they look pretty darn good. But I want to see, you know, let it let a team adjust on them. Let a team adjust and then let's see how they do. Because I'll tell you what, I mean, last year, Dallas... Dallas and Dak specifically looked pretty darn good in in preseason last year. And guess what? They came out the first few games, and that offense stunk it up. And I don't want that to happen again. So, you know, I like to – I'm not saying these guys got to play, you know, quarters on quarters, but I like to see a little more. Let the, let, let the defensive, you know, the other the other coach, you know, adjust a little bit to what we're doing. And, you know, let's let's kind of see a little more a little more out there, you know, from from these from these starters. That used to be the format, you know, yeah, couple, yeah. a couple of drives the first game, a full half the second game, into the second half in the third game. Third that game. way you, you give that defense a chance to even go into the locker room and make adjustments. Yeah, they're going to make adjustments during the first. That, that We haven't even seen defense make any kind of adjustments nope. to Dak Prescott and the starters <laughs> yet. They've played one drive and they've been out. I'm with you 100% on that. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing them get back to Frisco. I'm looking forward to seeing some of these guys that are injured get back on the field. And, uh, and man, let's get going. Let's get going because this is still a talented roster and I'm ready to see that roster play as a whole together. So, uh, that's what I'm looking for. And we're going to go ahead and close it out there, guys. Um, thank you for joining us today on the, uh, big DB town. Be sure and catch us next time when we will, uh, we'll talk about the Cowboys first week back at Frisco. Talk about some of the things we're hearing. You know, how far are Byron Jones and Demarcus Lawrence from from actually getting, you know, who knows, maybe getting to get involved a little bit. Robert Quinn, you know, how's that hand looking? Or, it, you know, what, what kind of timetable are we looking at you returning? Same goes with a guy like Luke Gifford. 
You know, we're going to talk about some of these injuries, who's getting close to returning. We're also going to talk about how some of these guys build on strong performances from Oxnard or these preseason games and some of the guys that need to improve. We'll talk about that next time on the Big D Beatdown. And don't forget to visit us over at pigskinnutradio.com, the soon-to-be-undisputed king of football radio, as well as pigskinnut.com for all our write-ups on the Dallas Cowboys. Remember, pigskinnut is the football news that you've been missing. Also, if you like what you hear, be sure and subscribe to our show on a variety of platforms. The Big D Beatdown is available in the Google and Apple podcast stores, as well as on Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Podbeam. Click the subscription button and they will notify you every time we put out an episode. Also, fans, be sure and spread the word of the Big D Beatdown. We love getting new listeners. I've told y'all that we plan on doing some mailbag stuff once the regular season starts. We can't wait to get more people involved. Get them on the Big D Beatdown bandwagon. For Ken Cunningham, I'm Austin Smith. Have a good one, Cowboy fans.